Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 194 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of December 26th, 2023. Happy day after Christmas and time to clean up all of the toys your kids didn't actually need day. That's not official, I don't think. It should be happy <laughs> boxing day. I liked my version better. It, it was something, let me say. Um, coming up on today's show, Rock and Roller Coaster is closing for an extended refurbishment. Again. Walt, yeah, again. <laughs> Walt Disney World details, 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 good to go days for annual pass holders. Major Voyage of the Little Mermaid news. And in our main segment, we announce our annual Stupid Judy Award winners. This is the Circus 71 podcast. All right, Donna, on to the news. Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, will be uh, going down for a super stretch refurbishment? No. Cranky. Once we hit that 830 mark, you get crankier. Um, so Disney's Hollywood, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, this main attraction um, is scheduled to close in January, um, and then later on the reopening time frame and specific specific date <laughs> was Pacific. The Pacific date <laughs> is January eighth of twenty twenty four, um, according to the Walt Disney World operating calendar. Um, we have confirmation on a reopening time frame. Of summer 2024. So you're looking a minimum five months. Yeah. And this is after, and I should have looked it up when I was previewing the, the stories you're talking about tonight. This was after it was down for a lengthy amount of time in 23. You got it, Jim? Yeah. Um, it was earlier uh, in February of 2023 and didn't reopen until May um, 26th is the, the specific reopening date. And the reason that that was on my radar, Jane, was because Anthony hit 48 inches and he was like dying to go on it, dying to go on it. But he actually ended up riding Incredicoaster in Disneyland before Rock and Roller Coaster here in World. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting that this this re-theme and, and what we've kind of heard through the grapevines is that 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 extended refurbishment earlier this year was supposed to address a lot of the downtime right? and, and issues. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That was going on with the, I think specifically the launch system. Um, but apparently those issues have not been solved as um, rock and roller coaster still does experience extended uh, downtime. Uh, Andrew is just whispering, our producer is just whispering that when he and Anthony just did Rock and Roll Coaster less than a week ago, that he noticed a ton of like lights that were out that shouldn't have been and signs that weren't backlit or frontlit or whatever the way that they had been in the past. So Andrew said that he was not entirely surprised to hear about this refurbishment because of what he perceived to be so much stuff not looking right. Yeah, and I actually saw a tweet or an you know, X, a post. Yeah, I saw an now. X. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw an X um, from Imagineer. One X or three, Jamie? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so funny. 
I don't know what they're called now. I saw a pu- I, I said one pu- X or three. Well, you know. It was from a, a male Imagineer, so we'll go with one. Um, or former Imagineer who didn't confirm, I'm not going to go that far, but heavily alluded to a potential retheme um, coming to Rock and Roller Coaster. I personally really like Aerosmith. Um, I know it's you know getting a little dated at this point, but I don't know. I like the storyline of it. I think if Muppets Mayhem had done better, maybe I would be a little more excited about uh, possibly in the incorporation of the Muppets. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what re-theme I would be like, all right, yeah, I can kind of see that. But Two comments about a potential re-theme. First is there were also rumors last year when it was closed that it was going to be a re-theme, and that did not come to fruition. Now, granted, I don't know that a former Imagineer was involved in the rumor mill last year, or th- this year, last time. Um, so that's number one. The second comment is... And I don't know how plausible or how likely this would be because Cars is so much more geared to the younger audience. But right next to that is the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could almost have a little... I mean, the problem is that the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy, like you don't see a lot of visual theming from the outside of the building and it's i mean literally divided you know you have that um wall i mean for lack of a better word that that kind of is visually intrusive i mean you could certainly take that down but i don't know it'd be an interesting re-theme i guess well many moons ago the building that is lightning mcqueen racing race lightning mcqueen racing academy say that four times fast um was prior to it being that it was used for ESPN on the weekend because that was all walled off. You did, that wasn't an area that guests would go past. That right. was the end of the, that was the end of essentially the, the guest yeah, area and studios was used for ESPN the weekend. I knew they had done that. Um, it was rave reviews and then, then it didn't come back. Um, like the, uh, it was like a villain's, soiree for lack of a better word Mm. um and then they turn it into lightning mcqueen which i mean it has an awesome animatronic that's that's about all it has going for it though oh the storyline's adorable yeah you know what a lot of people were saying that i actually think would make a lot of sense for um jollywood nights if they'd use that building because you have a a video screen you can put anything on it and you can mm. you know turn the animatronic around i think that would have been a a good idea and a good space uh use of space but yeah so nevertheless back to rock and roller coaster we shall see um what happens with rock and roller coaster and hopefully it is reopened sooner rather than later donna speaking of the sea i think you have some disney cruise line news and you accused me of being cranky once already. This is this is going to set me off. So I will try to get through the entire story. I thought you were referring to my segue. No. Um, I'm going to try to get through the points of this before my head goes pop. <laughs> so, dirty pop. yeah, dirty pop indeed. So just like 
every other cruise line out there. Royal Caribbean has Crown and Anchor. Norwegian has Latitudes. Carnival has VIP. They all have something. Disney calls folks who have cruised with them before castaway club members. So before you cruise at all with Disney, they consider you, duh, a first-time cruiser to Disney. As a first-time cruiser, you don't get any of the little perks. So they don't leave, you know, little luggage tags or lanyards or prints or anything like that in your stateroom, you know, because you're a first-time cruiser. The bigger piece with being a first-time cruiser with DCL is when you can do your online check-in, uh, which does determine your port arrival time. Long before the age of COVID, <laughs> you had to choose a time with Disney Cruise Line to arrive at the port. And obviously, those earlier times are much more coveted because folks want to spend, typically, as much time as they can on the vessel. Folks who were first-time cruisers had the last opportunity to select their port arrival time, excursions, the whole nine yards, onboard activities, whatever. Once you cruise once with Disney, you became a silver Castaway Club member. Once you cruise five times, you became a gold Castaway Club level, so on and so forth, up to platinum was the former standard, and now it is pearl, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, pearl okay. is, is the highest. Uh, and okay. one other thing with the membership, too, is is when you can book the cruise. Yes, that you know what, Jamie, I didn't say that, and that's a really excellent point that's super, super important. So as itineraries are announced, Disney Cruise Line is abysmally slow with announcing itineraries. There are some cruise lines that are booking into 26 right now, and DCL is not even all of, of 24. It's just absurd for, for all of their vessels. It's just uh, actually, you know what? They just finished 20, they just finished 24 okay. for the rest yeah. of the fleet. Yes, but like recently gotcha. for the rest gotcha. of the fleet. It's, it's crazy. So in any case, yes, Jamie, great point. You can book earlier, which means a couple of things. It means more availability. It means better rates because supply and demand drives up pricing with cruises. And if anyone tells you it doesn't, they are wrong. The only time that you can get a better cruise price would be, you know, once final payment has happened and they're then trying to fill staterooms again. Um, but whatever. So yes, early booking with the actual voyage itself too. Plus all the other things that, that, you know, I had mentioned earlier. So there is not a single cruise line that revokes a status. In fact, there are many cruise lines. MSC is one that comes to mind that does status match programs. And what that means is I had clients who had never once been on an MSC ship. They wanted to sail with MSC. I was on their website. And I saw, oh, they do a status mat match. And I knew that one of my guests was a platinum DCL member, which at the time was the highest level. MSC matched their status and gave them the highest level of MSC sailing. It's pretty incredible. Okay. Again, trying to get everything out before I lose my ish. That's just the way it is. Now I will say MSC and programs that do those status match pieces do sometimes have a little caveat that says something to the effect of, if you do not sail again within X number of years, we would revert you back to wherever you would be. So that is, truthful it's also truthful that airlines a lot of times you know when you're not i almost said sailing when you're not flying as much mm. sometimes your status goes down with an airline you're not as high up as as you once were you lose those perks so that leads me into 
what Disney Cruise Line didn't even really announce because I haven't seen it formally announced anywhere. It's just suddenly in their policies and procedures and people are now talking about it. And that is if you do not sail within five years of your last sailing, they will revoke your Castaway Club membership and you start from scratch. So that means that if you were platinum, and you sailed a lot, and then you decided to have a family, and you had a couple of kids back to back to back to back, and didn't want to sail without one of your kids, because, you know, your kid's got to be at least six months old to sail, and by the way, your wife can't be any more than 24 weeks gestation, or she can't sail, you would lose all of those perks that Jamie and I just mentioned, and go back to scratch. It's appalling. Donna, I'm, I'm going to take this in a really over-the-top ridiculous way. Um, you know how they constructed the Pearl families uh, on Castaway uh, Key with those, those <laughs> boards? Are they just going to like paint over people's names? like, Or they're going to tape over DiGiacomo because you're no longer Pearl? I will tell you, and I do agree with what I'm about to say in the factual content of what I'm about to say, not the, whatever. So folks were saying in different things I was reading, shut it, Jamie. (laughs) I'm very upset about and very wound up about this. People were saying that they believe, and I do agree, like I was saying, I do agree that this is true, that this is going to impact more silver and gold members than higher. Because once you've gone higher than gold, you are probably cruising BCL more than once a year to get up to those higher status levels and your affinity and things like that. So the things I was reading, people were speculating that this is really going to hit the silver and gold tiers harder than, than anything higher than that. Um, So that part I I agree with, and I believe that to be true. I do think there's such brand loyalty once you get, you know, above a certain point that I think it's very rare for the, the clients that I have who one of them, one of the, the, the two of the couple is platinum. It's very rare for you to then branch out and do other cruise lines. Not obviously unheard of, but rare. It's honestly, you know, when Andrew Anthony and I cruise, we pretty much cruise DCL exclusively, but when we're cruising with my parents, it's NCL exclusively. Right. We're trying Royal this year, this coming year in 24. So that's something we're really looking forward to. Um, But it's just, it's crappy and there's just no precedent for it with cruise lines at all. I literally, you know, when I was looking at the MSC stuff for, for my client, they came back from their cruise and they were like, we really think you'd really enjoy it. We think Anthony would really like it, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I looked into it and my level, you're going to die when I say this out loud, my level with carnival from many, many moons ago when that's what we sailed. Cause that's what we could afford. Last carnival cruise we did was when we lived in the apartment when we first moved to Okoe over 10 years ago. But my status match, which remains VIFP club for carnival, is higher than my status was with DCL or even Norwegian. And you know how much I cruise Norwegian, but it was higher up the chain. So that's what, when I applied for the MSC match, I used my VIFP tier for carnival, not my Norwegian or Disney. Uh, usually I can part the sea, so to speak, and, and go through the minutiae and understand the why. I, 
I don't understand really how this moves the needle for Disney. I, I don't see... I, I mean, people maintaining status. I, I don't see... Like, your cruise ships are filling up. They're, they're selling out. They're, you know, as long as you hit... I think it's 75% capacity on the ship. You're turning a profit. I don't understand how the port arrival time, how, you know, I mean, I get the booking, but, but if I book before Donna does and Donna books later on, Disney's still making the same amount of money. Right. Like that's where I I don't get the why here. I, I unless there's something I'm so blatantly missing, I, I think you're just doing something so unnecessary that's just gonna piss people off, like the parking fees. And we all know how that worked out with the resort parking fees. So as far as just tangible cost goes, the the only thing that comes to mind are the gifts that they give you on sailings. So Fair. again, just, just, just to, to something. No, no, right. right. So that's tangible. I don't know what that number is. I, I wouldn't even venture a guess as to what that number is, but that is a tangible thing. And the other thing, Jamie, is I think that they are, they're forcing people's hands because they are going to be telling people like okay you're going to lose your status unless you do this so you know every 5 years we only well, we better make sure that we get in a disney cruise in the next couple of years yeah cuz I, I mean you can make the argument that they are having you know server space with everybody that's ever cruised with them but now you also have to write the code that gets rid of that status. So, Jamie, when um, when you've read other stuff about this, because I have not seen this answer, and I've seen this question posed a dozen times, is this going to be retro? Is it going to be starting twenty January first? Like, when? How are they going to ever implement this? And when is when is the start point? When's the end point? Did I ask that well? Yeah. Um, the so the five year rolling window is, I guess, what I'm asking. Like, does the, it start today and five years from today, or are they going to say, "Oh, Jamie, you haven't, you and Val haven't sailed since June, so your your numbers start or oh, July or whatever it was, your number started then." The implementation in the terms and conditions or T's and C's is current, so it's. I think it says March, Jamie. I think it says March 2023 was what I read. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought, I could be mistaken. I, maybe I misread that. I, I thought that was implemented, like, essentially immediately. I didn't think that was a... But again, immediately what? Like, immediately, like, starting today, you have five years, everyone has five years to sail? Or starting today, oh, this, like, my parents did not sail, I don't believe, DC on the last five years. So do they lo lose their status starting today? Um, members may only use program benefits during the redemption term defined as the program term in a period of 60 days immediately following the last day of the program term. Membership in the program will automatically terminate without notice if member does not book or complete an eligible DCL cruise. See, that's the other thing, Donna. It's book or complete a cruise. 
within the activity period. The activity period shall mean the five-year period after debarkation day of the member's last eligible DCL cruise. So what's really interesting about that is, could you book and cancel? I doubt it. It's, but it says if the member does not book or complete. It's not book So and book complete. and then keep pushing the reservation? Sure. Well, no. I mean, once you book it, it's booked. Like, you booked one. It doesn't say... It, the problem is it doesn't say book and complete. It says book right. or complete. Which is really stupid, because if you completed it, you booked it. No kidding. So At least I didn't say no crap, or, or the other version of no crap and make you mow it. That's true. So, I don't know. This is something I think we need to, you know, keep our eyes on. Something we can, um, you know, move forward with now, but I don't know. There's definitely going to be problems with this, and I think we'll get more answers in the future. I hope so. <sighs> Speaking of the future, Walt Disney World annual passes will, pass holders will get one last perk in 2024 before switching over to the good-to-go days system, which Donna's going to talk about in our next news story. Yeah, it, we're going to see if Donna can talk about that, because Donna's still like, woo-woo-woo-woo about that. As Donna has released a list, as Donna has released a list, <laughs> as Disney has released a list of bonus reservation dates for the start of the new year. So if you're an annual pass holder, um, you have four different bonus reservation opportunities that don't count towards your standard allotment. January 4th is at DAC. January the 6th is at Magic Kingdom. January 7th is at the studios. And January the 8th is at Epcot. Woo! Okay. So why don't you go ahead and talk about the start date for good-to-go days? Okay. So, let me just say, in theory, like when we first talked about this months ago, I was like, okay, cool. There's going to be some days that like, I don't need to worry. I can just just go to whatever park I want to. Like, this is great. No park best reservations. And then it was like, oh, okay. I can go to any park I want besides Magic Kingdom. Me being a local, of course. I can go to any park I want besides Magic Kingdom anytime after two. Well, that's pretty much when we go over. Nine times out of ten. So, okay, cool. So, I'll only need to make park, park, park best reservations for those other days. Okay, fine. Now that I'm reading this, I'm literally going like cross-eyed trying to make heads from tails. And I don't know if I'm just being an idiot or if it's really more convoluted than it should be or a combination of both. So maybe if I try to, to say it out loud, it'll make more sense. So those good-to-go days are days that don't require park price reservations and they're available to Walt Disney World annual pass holders and cast members, which that's the part I think is really great, beginning January of 2024. So we now know that good-to-go days will be visible on both the pass holder and cast member calendars. So beginning on January 11th, we will get to see some of those dates. We don't know if January 11th itself will be one of those good to go days or not, but we will start seeing those dates um, pop up. So again, on those good to go dates, pass holders and cast members won't need to make a park pass reservation to enter a Disney theme park at any time during the day. So the two o'clock piece is out, is out the window. Uh, after 2 p.m., pass holders can visit any park except for Magic Kingdom, as I stated on Saturday and Sundays, when they would still need a park pass. Good-to-go days will be added periodically and may be released days or weeks in advance. 
They say that we don't know how many good to go days there will be at a time, but we can guess there'll probably be on weekdays. We also don't know if good to go days will only apply to one park or multiple parks that day. Um, again, even reading it, Jamie, it's it's ridiculous because I still could have gone to any park I wanted to after 2 p.m. So now the only difference is it's good to go in the morning. Well, Jamie, if it was good to go in the freaking morning, I could have grabbed a park pass reservation. So what's the darn difference? You don't need to grab a park pass reservation for the morning? Okay, so I have to go to the stupid calendar anyway, though, to see if it's good to go. So if I'm on the stupid calendar, I may as well click boom, boom and be done with it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no way to no. talk around that. That's a hundred percent true. I shouldn't it's, have to look at an insert expletive calendar to tell me when I can use my GD annual pass. Yes, but and and, and this, this is where I think it's gonna go and, and why I don't necessarily get too worked up over it yet. Yeah, and I think is is important. We don't know the number of good to go days. This could be step one towards everything being gone next year in twenty twenty five. Um, if seventy five percent of the calendar is good to go days, and they keep, you know, you have to make a park pass reservation for Magic Kingdom on Saturdays and Fridays and Sundays, the weekend or whatever. Epcot, you know, sometimes on the weekends during food and wine. I don't have necessarily an issue with that. I don't think it's going to be, and I could be wrong. Totally, you know, this is my my um, conjecture. I don't think it's going to be, okay, let me look. All right, is September 14th at Epcot a good-to-go day? I think as we go throughout 2024, there's going to be more and more and more good-to-go days leading up to 2020. Here's my crystal ball. 2025, where it's completely gone. Like, I personally think a park pass reservation for Magic Kingdom on New Year's Eve is a, a smart thing to do. I think it should be done for everybody, but, you know, like we talked about before, there's nothing worse guest experience-wise than people going to Magic Kingdom to say, sorry, we're booked, you got to go to Epcot, or, you know, we're at capacity, you have to go to Epcot. Okay, so 10 days out of the year, Jamie? Um... I mean, that's probably when it's absolutely necessary, you know, like your President's Day weekends, things like that. I, I mean, there's there's some days that, you know, is it totally necessary? No, but eh, we'll do it anyway kind of thing. Say, say 15, just to overestimate. I hope you're right that this is the step down because it's it's just one of those things and I think that this was implied, and I would assume most of our listeners probably know this, but um, anyone who's buying a a dated park ticket or a date-specific park ticket, I guess would be the better way to say that, you no longer need park pass reservations. So we are only talking about something right now unique to annual pass, starting January 9th, excuse me, I should put that caveat in. Um, this is something unique to annual pass holders and cast members. And one other thing, not to... to 
jump on your or, or whoever story this was supposed to be. Um, all just a reminder: all day park hopping does return on January the 9th. So if APs do have to make a park pass reservation on a non good to go day, as soon as you tap into the park, that 2 p.m. thing is gone. You can go anywhere. Correct. You want. Correct. So and then after two, like I, I think this is a step. Like I said, I do I think it's a hundred percent necessary? No, I don't. But it is what it is. I, I think there's gonna be as we go throughout the year more good to go days where this is a baby step towards it being totally gone. I hope so. So um your story next or was it mine? You're up. Okay. Um so with that being said, there were questions around virtual queue guidelines for when date-based tickets won't need park passes. Um, so Walt Disney World has released updated guidance for how this will work beginning on January 9th, when all-day park hopping will return and date-based tickets will no longer need park pass reservations. Um, so here's your changes. Starting January the 9th, guests will be able to join one attraction virtual queue at any theme park where they have valid admission. Guests may hold one attraction virtual queue at a time. Um, guests do not need to be inside a theme park to request to join the virtual queue at 7 a.m. Guests must be inside the theme park to request the excuse me, to request to join the virtual queue at 1 p.m. You know, I thought, I, I don't, the thing with the virtual queue that I think people hate the most, Donna, is the 7 a.m. wake up. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty egregious that people don't like. And, and I was listening to a podcast the other day that, I think this idea makes sense and, and they've done it, I think in Tokyo for like the beauty and the beast. Why not? Can I just check something ahead of time and they put me into a pool and then a computer randomly selects people. I think that would check so many boxes that Disney's looking for and the guest is looking for because the 7 a.m. is egregious. And, and and unnecessary, especially if a park opens at nine. Why am I up at seven? That's absurd. Mm -hmm. um, just to potentially get, you know, virtual access to this or access to the virtual queue. Well, Jamie, you know this, but I haven't said anything on the show about this. Obviously, it's happened within the last week. For the first time that we can remember, Andrew was not successful in getting Guardians um, of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind the other day for our Epcot day. And Anthony was like, I don't want to say devastated because it sounds so dramatic and obnoxious, but he was really mm -hmm. upset because he's so used to doing the ride and he, he truly didn't understand. He was like, what do you mean we just can't get in line? And it's like, we can't, like, you need a return time. Like, we need to have that. And he was so worked up that, honestly, I bought the individual lightning lane. For Andrew and Anthony, because it's not a ride that I do, but $30, flush it down the drain for them to do something that every other time has been included with our park admission. It's such crap. I had a question, and I, oh, was that, I, I know what I was, did you do that the 7 a.m. or the 1 p.m.? 
7 a.m. And then Anthony and I were at the park in the morning. We were doing the stupid seek and find that you've got him hooked on. Um, and then it was, it was then when I, he was getting really wound up and not, about not being able to ride it later that day. Cause I, he knew he was going back, um, in the af- late afternoon and, and into the evening with both of us. And he was like, I, I want to ride it with that. I want to ride it with data. So that's when I text Andrew and I was like, I'm just going to buy the darn thing. Like, it's just easier than hearing him. Um, so yeah. Did Andrew check in at one or before one? We weren't back at the park. We didn't get back to the park until 4.15 in the afternoon. So Anthony and I were there in the morning. We came home at like... Really? It's not geofenced. As soon as you tap into Epcot, you're... Oh, I honestly honestly did not know that. So sorry, Andrew. But at that point in time, Jamie, it probably would have been sold out. So if we had tried at one, I mean, I guess we could have written it. They could have written it twice, but... Oh, if you missed the 1 p.m. drop, you mean. Or, or you weren't able to get in. Right, that's what I'm saying. That if we okay. weren't able to get the 1 p.m., then we wouldn't... Right, no. Yeah, but the, the the virtual queue, once you tap in, it's not like... It is no, it, you're not geofenced into that. Gotcha. Park. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's never come up because of the park hopping hours. So I never thought to check on that interesting yeah um and and i mean this but donna to your point and then we'll wrap this up because i know we have the biggest story actually hasn't come yet um to to your point with the 7 a.m drop now you're competing with how many more people because before you used to need that park pass reservation that's a really good point. Although, yeah. Jamie, this will then allow people to plan their day because some otherwise, if you had a park reservation for Epcot and you didn't get it, then you had to cancel it and grab another park. What you, I mean, you you essentially do that without just canceling it. I mean, you can. I mean, is it? I I, I don't know how many. I think that that it's overblown the number of people that okay, you know, I can't get into Guardians of the Galaxy or I can't get into Cosmic Rewind. I missed the Tron dump, so now I'm going to Animal Kingdom. I'd like to know the number of people that actually do that because my guess would be it would be small. I honestly don't know the answer to that. I do know that I have had clients choose to make park pass reservations for Epcot twice to try to get or Magic Kingdom twice to try to get either Tron or Guardian. That is a fact. I don't know how many of them would follow through with a change if they didn't get it to your point. Yeah. So all right, Donna. Oh, I left you with this story. Oh, that's upsetting. Go ahead. You can do it. All right. Voyage of the Little Mermaid is being replaced. We finally have an announcement about this space, the Animation Courtyard Theater at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It is being replaced by a new aerial show, um, The Little Mermaid, A Musical Adventure, because every attraction needs the word adventure in it. Um, This will be inspired by the animated film, not the live action, um, and it will open in the newly refreshed, (laughs) hopefully mold-free, Animation Courtyard Theater in the fall of 2024, uh, which in Disney terms could be one year from today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I guess we're in winter at this point. Yeah. You know, 
Wait, no. Or, I think today might have been the first day of winter. Yeah, or yesterday? Uh, oh, you're right, Donna. The 21st. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, we'll see what it is for 2024. But <laughs> um, I and I think, speaking for Donna, we're huge fans of Voyage of the Little Mermaid. It was just a great, fun show. Um, admittedly disjointed from the the film itself. Um, I hope they don't kill the Ursula animatronic because that thing's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That thing is so, so cool. Um, but they have these, you know, decorations around the theater uh, or the stage, I should say. Um, the concept art that was released is from the Kiss the Girl scene. I hope it's good. I, I And I think this is a positive. Um, I love the show. I would have loved to seen it come back. But this gives people something to do, something else to do at Hollywood Studios. And it is desperately, desperately needed. I'm just glad that it's going to, I mean, it's certainly not going to be the same show, but that it's going to remain a stage show and that's going to remain Little Mermaid. And hopefully some of the classic songs are still going to be a part of it. And, you know, the fact that they're, um, cause the first thing, truthfully, when Jamie sent me this story, I only skimmed it. I didn't read the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be based off of the live action. And Jamie's like, no, no, no. They specifically said that it would be based off of the classic animated film. So that made me feel a little bit better about the whole thing. And they, not to interrupt Donna, they did also say, kiss the girl, part of your world and four unfortunate souls, um, will be performed. And they said the show will also feature stunning new set pieces, cutting edge effects and a bold new design that captures Ariel's imagination and emotions through her unique view um, of the world around her. And Donna, something cool that I noticed in the concept art is written in um, text, and it blends really well. So you have to kind of scope out the um, concept art. Is It says in one corner, watch and you'll see, and then the other corner says someday i'll be and i thought that was a kind of a cool little little touch i i have hopes i'm not gonna say high hopes because <laughs> things can happen but i i would love to see this be good and i think i think disney to a certain extent knows that it has to be or needs to be passable because of the dumpster fire that they did with disney junior dance party <laughs> uh, i mean yeah, it, this is a this is a Disney classic, so I hope that they treat it as such. Yeah, I agree. All right, Donna. So with that being the news, we are going to take a quick short break, and we will be back with our annual Stupid Judy Awards. All right, Donna, and we are back. Da 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 da. I don't know intro music since it's our award show. Uh, oh, that would have been smart. You should have queued something up. I just did. Wow. <laughs> We're high tech. We're, and low budget. So, <laughs> with, with that being said, uh, I should have a transfusion with me. Anyways, um, this is our annual 2023 Stupid Judy Awards. And Donna, I always like to let you explain what exactly stupid judy is and what is a stupid judy award 
Honestly, Jamie, there is a point in time in the show, if we continue doing it long enough, and I don't see why we wouldn't, that we might have to truly explain to listeners what this means. They might have no concept of, of this attraction. I thought that time was now. I'm pretty sure that anyone listening to our podcast uh, rode this attraction. But in any case, we are referring to the space that is now inhabited by the Guardians of the Galaxy um, Cosmic Rewind attraction at Epcot, which used to be Ellen's Energy Adventure. And while that attraction got ripped on for numerous different reasons, it was always good for a couple of laughs. It was always good for some nice air conditioning and being off your feet for about 30 minutes. It was longer than that. I think it was closer to 45, but yeah, your point's well taken. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, Ellen DeGeneres was uh, the host of Ellen's Energy Adventure, and her college roommate, she referred to a stupid Judy, and there was nothing stupid about Judy. She was actually quite smart, um, but Ellen referred to her all the time as stupid Judy. She was so Jamie up- Lee Curtis, right? Correct. Yeah, I thought so. So stupid Judy is our loving term for you're an idiot, what were you thinking, uh, awards and these awards in the past have gone to everyone from Bob Chapek to um, it's going to be renamed the Bob Chapek Awards at some point. Stupid Judy, aka Bob Jacob, Bob Chapek Awards. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many did you come up with, Donna? Because I originally was kind of struggling, and then I went through our housekeeping through the past year, um, and I, then I ended up with six. <laughs> so I have four that I definitely want to give stupid judy awards to like no question these are award winners and then i have two honorable mentions that can go either way time permitting okay i can do that so so a total of six four two you said correct okay i will i can do that as well anything you can do i can do all right here we go um (laughs) well why don't we uh yeah so how do we do that? Do we go and talk about the honorable mentions or go through the first? We're Let's start to... with the actual list. Yeah, that way, if we run ten of time, simply because housekeeping was long this week. Right. All right. Go ahead. So this first Stupid Judy Award, I'm kind of generalizing a lot of people. So there's going to be a lot of very small awards given here, similar to Walt Disney and the Seven Dwarf statues at, uh, what was it, the Academy Awards? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about outside of the studio. No. They were given to, they were given to, Shirley Temple presented them to Walt Disney. It's, oh. They're Oscars, right? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what this is. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, hold please. This is worth every moment it's about to take, because even Andrew's laughing at you. Uh, Shirley Temple presents... Walt Disney with Oscar. Yeah. Jamie, Google that. Shirley Temple, Walt Disney Oscar. You can see she presented him with a regular size Oscar and seven little ones for each of the dwarves. Oh. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know. I can't believe you never... Wow, that surprised me with how much you know about Disney. It surprised me you never knew that. But in any case, there's going to be multiple Stupid Judy Tiny Awards given to all of the guests that behave badly this year. Um, Last year, I know we specifically talked about the guests who jumped off of Living with a Land Attraction to grab a cucumber. Yeah. That has been upped a million degrees this year by people being 
stupid. You know, yeah. the person jumping over the, the walkway uh, coming off of Space Mountain to sit in the scene. The idiot jumping onto the gondola in Italy, which, by the way, they've removed those gondolas because of said idiot. So the, the guests that jumped in the fountain in France the day that it was too hot. The, the list goes on and on and on. So guests behaving badly, bad guest behavior, the fist fights, you all get stupid Judy Awards. Go away. Well, and I mean, you didn't even mention the guy that sat in the uh, Taj Mahal lake at Small World or Disneyland. I tried to stay world, but you know what? I shouldn't say that, though, because I have a, a, a DCL, um, DCL one on here. But for the most part, I stayed world. Yeah. No, that's fair. Was the the fight outside of um in the middle of Fantasyland by the carousel was this year? Right? That was this year? Yeah, yep. so. Yeah, that's fair. So they all got them. They all got them. Yeah. And the the um the train or was it the train station or was it the boat launch back to the TTC? All of them. They all get stupid duties. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a good one. Um I don't think I have mine in any particular order. Um, but I think there's a a special place, um, <laughs> you know, at, at the end of at the end of this person's time that made the decision on the design of the center planter in World Celebration. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about that since we didn't talk about it on the show because it's wildly inappropriate. I, I, I'm gonna keep it as as PG as I can. I mean, this clearly looks like a female anatomy lesson um, in the middle of, of World Celebration. And I couldn't, even though we haven't talked about it it, it, it has to be on this award list. It looks terrible, especially because the Fountain of Nations was ripped out and was, was replaced by this garbage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. I mean, I, just, um, <laughs> I mean, Donna, I, I mean, the problem is horticultural is really going to have to be on top of that, or there's going to be memes all year long. You mean like Val's Bush? Exactly. That's what I was going for. Oh, my next Stupid Judy Award, uh, I would actually be surprised, Jamie, if it's not on your list the DVC Tower at the Poly. Yeah, I have something DVC related. Well, DVC. Um, I thought about the Poly Tower. I didn't put it on, though. I think it's a fair argument. It's just the combination of all of it for me, that they took out the Spirit of Aloha Luau, that it's a tower instead of a longhouse, you know, build, that it looks as ugly as it looks, that it's right next to the wedding pavilion. It's just so many pieces in tandem that for me, that whole project gets the Stupid Judy Award. Well, you know what, Donna? If they don't have a bar named the Spirits of Aloha, that's such a missed opportunity. No kidding. Um, yeah, I have one in my honorable mention that's that's DVC related. But it, yeah, your your point's well taken. It's I think it's going to cause a lot of transportation problems on the monorail too. <sighs> um, yeah, my next one was the Hatbox Ghost location in Haunted Mansion. That really grinds your gears. It does. It it breaks the canon of the story. It it looks. I mean, for as much as this was talked up. Now, admittedly, I've not seen this 
um, in person. We have. Jeez, uh, I am falling literally out of my chair. Um, uh, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, Donna, and please jump in. From videos that I've seen, there's not a lot of movement on the animatronic. Is that right? Correct. Very little. Like, that kind of surprised me when I've seen videos. Like, the damn thing doesn't move. Like, there's very little. And the effect happens very slowly. I I think I have a 15-second video clip, and you don't even see it happening. It's such an odd place to put it. And I know, or at least heard, it was because of electrical in the attic. Like, why did it have to break the canon of the story? I hate this was put here. It it looks so, so terrible. I I just don't like that. I'm not going to argue with you. It it, it doesn't upset me enough to include in my Super Judy Awards, but I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's that's a dumb award or they don't deserve it, because I hear you. It's, it's, they could have put it somewhere else. They chose not to. Right. And, and, like, based on videos that I've seen, like, the animatronic, it's not like, you know, any of the animatronics they put in Hong Kong Disneyland or, or Shanghai for Zootopia, like, that are out of this world, or Navi River Journey, the, the shaman. I, I mean... It looks pretty, and granted, they probably couldn't because then it would look really even worse, um, <laughs> you know, uh, compared to the other animatronics. But even the ones that are there look better and more life, unlifelike. If you know what I mean? <laughs> ghost-like. Ghost-like, yeah. So I don't know, but that's that's another one for me. All right, my next one uh, can include. Your, your first one that you mentioned, uh, but it, it's a little bit of a bigger, wider category here. The Epcot Spine Project. I just, the amount of time, the amount of money, the amount of space, the amount of everything with that whole project, it's just crazy. There's no reason that my now seven-year-old should have said to me, Mama, where are we going when we walked across that central plaza? Because he clearly just has no memory of it. The lights on the ground that they made this huge deal of look terrible. It looks like the the glass or the plexiglass or whatever it is above the colors. It looks so dingy already. And it's been open for like two weeks. You know the rumor I heard as to why that's happening and why some of them were, were not working? Oh, I can't wait. They're not. Now, I don't know the truth to this. So, I, you know, I don't know the veracity or whatever. Um it's not rated for power washing. So water got underneath and caused it to malfunction is, is the rumor that I heard. You know, they never had that issue with the cement that had the beautiful lights going through it in that similar area. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm not going to dog it as much. I'm going to see the, that in person. I personally like, the, the, the elements that they can include them all on the Spaceship Earth show. I think that's cool um, because I think what they did on Spaceship Earth is the best thing they've done in, in years. It is beautiful. Um, so I like But it. that's not the spine project. Well, technically, I mean, the spine they considered from the front entrance to the entrance to the port of entry. That was a beacon, what are the beacon of light, beacon of whatever. No, not part of the sign project. Disagree, respectfully. 
Well, <laughs> because they've included the redone fountain with the um, not the pylon, the um, what are those things called? The glass thing, spheres. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, no, there's a, there's a a monolith, not monolith. I forget. There's a word for it. Um, but even the light that surrounds that entry plaza, that whole entry plaza was part of considered to be part of the spine project but you know i understand you're talking about from spaceship birth to port of entry ah, yeah right looks looks terrible yeah that could be on the list in and of itself um <laughs> i'm gonna stay in the epcot area for my next one okay. um and, and I, this probably wasn't just in 2023 but it missed its opening date in 23 and it's a bad idea to boot the cake bake shop Wow, that made your list for stupid Judy's. I hate this concept, and it's even more laughable that it missed its opening time frame when it was supposed to open in 2023. And this actually goes into an, one of my other one of my honorable mentions. Um, I hate this concept. I hate it. I hate it. I think it looks terrible. Um, I mean, I'm putting this on Stupid Judy, and it hasn't even opened yet. That's how bad I think this idea is. <laughs> I, it's mostly because of the the former tenants it being a cool space and being a nice place to go and sit down and have a meal and watch a game and everything it, like that. Like, if this was a smaller restaurant or shop at the Grand, I could mm. make a case for that. I could see that being put there but on the boardwalk this just comes off as so strange because the boardwalk's supposed to be way more whimsical and and it's just i hate this idea i'm not gonna argue with you it's it's a crap one but it didn't make my top four dumbest things that disney did this year that's for sure fair <laughs> Uh, so my number four is actually something that we discussed today in housekeeping, Jamie. Okay. The DCL tier, tier announcement. My mm. underoos are in a bunch. My blood pressure is elevated. I think it is such crap. And you put it really eloquently when you talked about you didn't see where this would benefit Disney, and financially at least. And the only thing that we came up with was the potential for less castaway gifts at the silver or gold level. But to piss off that many people for a couple bucks per reservation, nope, no respect for you, really, really does piss me off. Yeah, I mean, one of my phrases or two of my phrases that I use when I'm, when I'm teaching is where's the why or what's the why? Man, if their why is really those gifts, which are nice, I'm not dogging them. They're, I appreciate them and I, and I, think you know when we got ours in august for being whatever second tier is silver yeah silver they're nice and i like the bags the lanyards you know the stuff that they give i think is is very well done and shows appreciation um but man that can't be the only reason <laughs> it's just so bad i just i don't see the why i don't see the why so you just gave me a phenomenal transition to one of my honorable mention stupid judy awards are you ready oh we're skipping my four but go ahead oh i have to because okay. it was just so Fair. perfect 
So, Jamie, I would like to award you with a Stupid Judy Award for two reasons, both involving Disney Cruise Line. Reason number one, waiting so (laughs) darn long to cruise on Disney when I've been telling you forever that you would love it. So, you're welcome for Stupid Judy Award number one, DCL. Stupid Judy Award number two for you for DCL is taking a week-long Disney cruise without your children. You're such a prick for doing that. It's so mean. These poor children probably hate you. So, I'm giving you a Stupid Judy Award for being a turd. That was not my idea. And that was a 10-year anniversary thing. Uh Uh-huh. On Disney Cruise Line. You know how many other cruise lines there are out there that the kids wouldn't have been crying about you doing? Well, if you're going to do it, why not do the number one? Uh, you are the number one. Um, that's funny. Um, so my fourth, and this is the actual award. Um, and Donna, I'm somewhat surprised this didn't make your list, but it may be so minuscule that you just didn't think of it. The renaming the Epcot parking lots after characters. To me, that's like NSD. I mean, it's dumb, but I don't care because I still have to look at a sign and a row number and I just have to you know, text that to myself or put it in the app or commit it to memory. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me. Where's Wally inside of Epcot? Yeah, nowhere. I, I mean, it's it's that level of of just getting rid of the theme of Epcot, that drives me crazy. Like, I get the characters at Hollywood Studios. I didn't like it. You know, whatever. I didn't like the the parking lots being renamed. You know, this is... I can't even think of one. Buzz? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, yeah. I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. They're at least in the park. I I don't know. It just... uh, I hate the over-IP of everything. Fair, but again, to me, it's not something that bothers me enough to to crown an award, but I'm not going to say that you're wrong because it is annoying. Let me go on, because I think we have time for honorable mention. Um, Mm -hmm. This is, I guess, a little bit of a piggyback off what you said with the DVC Poly Tower, which I'm assuming is the name of it. Nobody really knows. Right. Um, The DVC Fort Wilderness Cabins. I don't hate the idea of them being DVC as being a DVC member. I wouldn't mind staying there. I think that would be cool. But they look like apartments. I mean, it's the look of them that drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah, I don't like either piece. And we're DVC as well. But there were I've booked... Probably, I mean, I guess I can't say a lot of guests because I've been selling travel for almost 12 years now and I probably only booked five for the cabins. But the people who choose to stay there, Jamie, are people who are enjoying the amenities and want to enjoy the amenities of the resort and book some down days and, and aren't going to the parks every day. And they get a golf cart and they do the fishing stuff and they do the horseback riding and they just enjoy the whole feel of it. And the fact that these are going to go to DVC cabins, you know, the price is going to be jacked up you know they're going to be really 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 hard to get for a long while and plus they look awful so yeah i'm not going to argue any of that with you yeah it's the look i think it could potentially be a a litmus test for dvc in moderate resorts um I, i think i mean i'd love it to go to french quarter but i think riverside is a better option based on the number of rooms oh no doubt um it would have to be like what they did at the grand 
take over a chunk of the building. Right, exactly. Um, I, I really don't want to, I don't know, I'm not a fan of Coronado, but a lot of people want it to be there. Um, I don't know, we'll see. But it, this concept art, and, and this actually, if, if Donna, you don't mind me going to my second um, one, because they, they, the it's very similar thinking. Um, I got to say, I don't like the, re- and I know they're in the middle of the refurbishment, but the boardwalk refurbishment that has been going on, I think they've mm. taken away so much of the character and charm of the boardwalk. Um, the boardwalk villa rooms that have been refurbished are like white walls, no thematic elements to it. It just and that that carousel coffee shop. <laughs> we know you hate that. I hate that. I, I mean, it, it just looks <laughs> like. And, and I'm. I have no problems going into a Starbucks. Like I have no issues with that whatsoever. But you're at Disney in a hotel themed to turn of the century Atlantic City, turn of the century Boardwalk. This looks nothing like it. You can get thematic elements and put theme in with modern amenities. You can do it with a little bit of effort. I, I just. Oh, it's it's and I like I said, love, love, love the boardwalk. Bring back the clown. (laughs) All right. So I have one more honorable mention, and it's really just for fun, much like me poking fun at you. I'm going to give my last honorable mention stupid GD award to the bear in Frontierland. I forgot. I thought you were talking about the country bears. And I'm like, no, the actual bear. Oh, man. You see, it's only a stupid Judy award because he didn't have a park pass reservation. Exactly. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And because he didn't come in time to see real Splash Mountain. Oh, God. He could have hung out with Br'er Bear. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Oh, my. I wanted to put that on the list. Okay, I have a I have another honorable mention. Um, okay, how they've just totally grassed and fake flowered space uh, Splash Mountain. It looks really bad. I wanted to put that in and totally forgot about it. Like it looks terrible. Whatever. Oh. I'm just I'm just at the point where I know it's just going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. So we shall see. But that was fun, Don. I always enjoy our. Um, Sorry, I accidentally took a screenshot. I always enjoy our, our stupid Judy Awards and get to poke fun at some really, really bad decisions. Otherwise, we might just sit here and cry. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, a couple of things. Uh, be on, on behalf of Jamie's family and our family, we wanted to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you've had the chance to open some presents and enjoy some time with your family and loved ones. Uh, next week, we will wrap up the... No, I'm lying. Next week's... Um, we're going to start 2024. Holy cow, Jamie, that happened quickly. With our top five favorites... That we did this past year, correct? Yeah, we haven't really nailed down this idea, but I think we could probably do this a couple different weeks of our favorite, you know, resorts stayed at it in 2023, restaurants. You know, we could have some fun with that for a little while. Agreed. All right. Well, as always, we hope you have a great week, a great 2023, and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>